You are listening to Jcast Journey, the inaugural podcast of Jcast Network. I'm Daron Rusquet, the executive director and executive producer of Jcast Network, and I will be your host of this chronicling of the creation of a new Jewish media project. I want to start by thanking you all for listening to the Jcast journey, for visiting our website at jcastnetwork.org, for all of your comments and responses to what we're doing, and for sharing what we do with others. If you haven't done these things yet, get on it, will you? Please visit our website, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash jcastnetwork. Send me an email, a tweet, Morse code. We want to hear from you. The Jcast Network is still in its infancy, So we really want to know what you're all looking for so that we can make sure that we're responding to your needs. In the past few episodes, I've been focusing on the general concept of Jcast Network, my inspirations for this project, and then some of the work that I've been doing in connecting with people to think through the project, to get buy-in for the project, and to move the project forward. In this episode, I want to talk a bit about what we've been doing in those quiet moments when it's just me and my computer. As I began to put together the concept for Jcast Network, I did so with words on a page. The first draft of my concept paper, written at midnight, the night I really decided to make this thing happen, was just a two-page document with general ideas for the project, what I wanted to accomplish, and why I thought it was important. As soon as I started to show this short written piece to people I trust, I was immediately asked for more more of a narrative, a full statement of need, a budget, case studies exploring how the project would be used, and most asked for component was visuals. A number of people asked me, what would all of this look like? I spent a night or two trying to put all of that together. Surprisingly, just like so many of the pieces of this project, the image of what it would look like was right there in my head. So the real question was only how to express it on a page given that I'm not a graphic artist, and the tools at my fingertips were really just Microsoft Word and a few low-end graphic design software programs that I was able to download for free online. I started with a sample page of what the homepage of jcastnetwork.org would look like. I looked at what other podcast network homepages look like and kept being drawn to the more simple versions. Revisions3.com was far too busy. Twit.tv felt like too much like a coloring book, very graphically interesting, but still too busy. I wanted Jcast Network to be taken seriously. So while I wanted graphical interest, I didn't want it to be too playful. Once the homepage was created, I started putting together an individual show page. What would a landing page for a specific show be? That was even easier as I knew that it would probably look a lot like the homepage just more specifically focused on the show itself. I then sat down and thought, what would our other online presences look like? I knew that we would have a presence on iTunes and we would need a presence on Facebook and Twitter. And so I started working on samples of these as well. After spending a night or two, I kept asking myself, why create a mock-up rather than create the real thing? Each of the pieces I was creating was taking a lot of time. And I knew that at some point I was going to have to make the thing real. So why wait? Now, I don't have zero experience creating things on the web, 
But aside from updating the websites at previous jobs and the creation of a blog a few years ago that only ended up with three or four blog posts, I didn't have a lot of experience in web creation. That was until October of 2010. When Nachshon and Bektalel, my twins, were born in October, I decided that it was time to create a web presence where I could share their lives as they grew. After looking at equivalent blogs that were created by parents from our pre-birth twins group who had already had their kids, I saw that two of the couples had used Tumblr as their source for their picture blog. The great thing about Tumblr was that it was dead simple. After spending 10 minutes setting it up, all I had to do was email to a special email address with a subject line and pictures attached, and a website was born. This was a great way to tip my toes in the water of developing a website. Once I realized how easy it could be, I developed joshweather.info, a Tumblr blog where a friend, who is far too interested in weather patterns than I really understand, posts his weather forecasts when there is exciting weather going on. Well, let's say he publishes it is a misstatement. As he sends his predictions to a few friends, me included, and I forward his email to that special Tumblr email. I don't know how many people actually visit joshweather.info, but I've heard that there's some random people who have found and appreciated the website. Now, I knew that Tumblr was great for short posts and picture galleries, but it would not work for what I was going to be created for Jcast. On the other hand, in the many years that I've been listening to tech podcasts, one of the biggest advertisers on these podcasts was Squarespace. Not only did they advertise on these podcasts, after the ads, many of the hosts added in that they were using Squarespace. For their sites, gizwiz.biz is a Squarespace site, kevinrose.com, a Squarespace site, and the list went on. One of the great things about Squarespace is that they give you a two-week free trial with all the bells and whistles. Obviously, they're hoping that if you work on a site for two weeks, by the end of that time, you really won't want to leave. And that's what's happened at jcastnetwork.org. We created a Squarespace site and have been pretty happy with it. That's not to say that we've had no problems, but the Squarespace team have been really great about fixing the problems that we've had. And thus far, we could not be happier. The other pages that I had created to give visuals were an iTunes landing page and an iTunes show page. Sadly, iTunes won't allow me to create a landing page until I have more shows on the network but they've been really easy to deal with when it comes to adding my podcast feed to their service. They allow you to test your feed before you add it. And then within 48 hours, after you say you're ready, you're live. Now, one thing I learned is that you may not want to submit your direct feed into iTunes. As if you do so, you'll not be able to get all the information about subscribers, demographics, numbers, etc. And once you submit your feed, it's not easy in iTunes to update it. So, if you're getting ready to submit a podcast feed, I encourage you to consider using a feed burner or pod track and using the feed that they create to submit to iTunes to make sure that you get all of the information you want. You need to think about all these things before you move forward because fixing things, as I've already had to do, is not an easy process. It was one of the places that I had my hardest experience with Squarespace. But again, when push came to shove, they were able to help me, and now I'm getting all of the information I need. Facebook and Twitters are other visuals that I initially created in a Word document and then went ahead and created the real thing. 
They're both really important tools to get the word out about the work you're doing. And creating a Facebook page took only minutes. Now, in order to get a direct link from Facebook, I needed 25 people to like my page. But I was not really to do a full push for fa- on Facebook or at all. I had to be very specific. I had to ask very close family members and dear friends to like the page so I could get that domain. Now, once that was done, I had the domain. And when I was ready, I was able to encourage people to go visit facebook.com slash jcastnetwork. Of course, Facebook only works if you have a lot of friends reading your posts. So I've I found that in the past weeks, I've gone from only friending my closest friends to be to being more, shall we say, liberal about who my Facebook friends really are. One dear friend who shall remain nameless, but who wants to help promote Jcast Network, went from having 200 friends to having 1,301 friends at last count. She indicates that she actually knows everyone she is friending, but still. Now, Twitter is another way to promote the work, and I created a Twitter page for Jcast Network, at Jcast Network. But with Twitter, you really need to get people to follow you if you want to be seen. So I've been watching the Twitterverse, seeing who might be interested in the work that I'm doing, and then following them in the hopes that they will follow Jcast Network back. So my visuals have all become live online, and I've already redone the Jcast logo, as I didn't think it was that compelling to begin with. What do you think of it now? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Is using a microphone too limiting, as we very well may one day include video as a part of our offerings? Please let me know what you think. The opening and closing music for today's show is All My Internet Friends by Amanda French. On this episode, we spoke about all the ways that Jcast Network can be seen and reached online. And I hope you'll connect with the Jcast Network. Once again, we can be found online at jcastnetwork.org, on Facebook at facebook.com slash jcastnetwork. Our Twitter handle is at jcastnetwork. I can be contacted via email at druskin at jcastnetwork.org. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I hope you consider writing a review on our iTunes page, commenting on our website, and sharing Jcast Network 